Maris, your host of Stand Out and Grow. I want to help your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Building your business is really, really hard. And knowing what marketing and advertising tools you need to help you become successful is extremely confusing. After 30 years of working with thousands of businesses, I am here to help you make good business decisions. I want to help you understand the programs that are available to you so that you can stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. So let's get started. This is Kat Ramirez. I am CEO and founder of Advertise and hashtag social buzz. Thank you for joining me today. I have a very, very special guest today. And so um, without further ado, I am going to invite my guest, um, Gifford Collins, who is CEO and founder of Collins Law, right? Hi, Kat. Hey. Yes, you're right. Okay, how's it going? Good, good. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so if you want to take a moment and uh, give people your song and dance and what it is that you do, take it away. (laughs) Yeah, okay, all right. Um, I am an estate planning, a business succession and trust administration attorney. So what I do is, I don't do litigation necessarily, but um, what I do is I help people plan for life's emergencies and and um you know when you know unexpected happening so uh, wills trusts uh powers of attorney but also on the business side uh setting up those key employee agreements to make sure that you can capture the value of your business and then when something does happen to folks the trust administration and probate administration to help your family get through those times as smoothly and efficiently as possible. Okay. Um, okay. So, um, okay. So let's just get started with, I have questions that I want to ask so that this will maybe stir up some people who, um, are thinking about your business and how they can help. So we're going to talk about the current situation. So the if I think about your business model, I would think that your business model is extremely important now, especially during this pandemic, that an unexpected, you know, um, unknown thing that it comes and invades, you know, our world, my universe, your universe, whoever's universe, and it doesn't pick and choose who it, you know, it selects. And unfortunately for some of those people, um, they don't survive. And some of those people probably quite could have been a business owner or a family or whatever. And um, in their situations, if they didn't have something in place, then what happens to that? Because yeah, yeah, so- I think this is a good like kind of case study, right? Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately now this is, it's extremely unexpected. Um, You know, there's, and there's a lot of information out there and the, I find one of the scariest things for me, I hate, you know, coming, operating from a place of, of, you know, unknowns, but you know, sometimes you know, who's who's going to be uh, unaffected by this and who is going to be affected by it. Um, 
you know, so anytime there's an unexpected uh, passing or, or accident in the family or something like this, it's, it's always good to have a plan in place. And, you know, if, if there isn't anything in place, you know, what's going to happen is really kind of based on your situation. So, you know, if, if you're a single person and you become incapacitated, then, you know, your family members are going to have to go to court and become your guardian in order to make financial or healthcare decisions for you, which is never a good time to have to go in front of a judge and argue that you should be able to take care of someone. It's just right. not something they want to be thinking about. They want to think about your care. They don't want to think about all the legal stuff they have to do in order to actually be able to make those decisions for you. Um, if you're married, of course, then you just add in your spouse. If you've got kids, you know, the, the that's most people with kids, that's your biggest concern is who is going to take care of the kids if, if we can't do it, whether it's because both of the parents are incapacitated or they've passed away or um, together. So if there isn't a plan in place, then again, you know, you, you know, there may be a temporary guardianship through family services. And then, you know, they initiate a guardianship proceeding where a guardian is appointed for the kids. Um, which isn't always the person that the parents would have chosen initially. And then, you know, there's the asset issue. So, you know, how are the assets going to be managed and will they be managed properly? And there are rules, statutes that control how um, money that is in the hands of minors can be used, right? Because it can enter, enter into contracts. So the guardians are going to have control over that, but they are also limited in how they'd actually be able to spend the money for the kids. So, uh, by having a plan in place, you can kind of say we don't want to we don't want to deal with those rules necessarily. We want our money to be based on our trust, or right. we've predetermined we want the money to be used. And you know that's that's gives a lot of people peace of mind. That's kind of what I'm dealing in here is is giving people the peace of mind because you know if you're if you're up at night worrying about these things and estate planning is definitely one of those things where you can kick it down the road for five, 10, 15 years, you know, and then somebody, something happens to somebody else. You're like, Oh boy, I better get that taken care of. Right. Um, and then as far as a business, I am a small business owner. You're a small business owner and you and I both know how hard we work to get these things off the ground in the first place. And then to keep them going is, is, is another story. Mm -hmm. So, all that effort really won't translate into value unless there's a way for all these procedures in place to kind of do a brain dump, you know, and take all the information you have in your head and get it into a place where somebody else would actually be able to use it, which is what creates value in your business. So when we're dealing with the business succession planning, often what we'll want to do is find a key employee who gets it and, you know, would be in a situation to take over the business if something were to happen to the business owner. And we put those key employee agreements and the business, the buy-sell agreements together. And one of the biggest things is, well, how do you evaluate the business? So we can work on that as well and, uh, uh, you know, kind of set how the, how the value would work. Yep. Uh, if there isn't anything in place, then, you know, maybe the spouse has to get involved in order to transfer those shares to a potential partner or try and sell it. But, you know, with a small business, again, if all the value is wrapped up in the head of the business owner that's either incapacitated or passed away, it's going to be really hard to capture that value after something like that happens. So right. um, the, the, 
the goal is to coach that person to a point where they can capture that value before one of those things happens. So um, okay. there's so many different things that can happen, Kat. Right. No, I understand. And we have a comment from LaShonda. I don't know if you see that on the screen, I guess. She, she asked, how do you start a trust fund? And you thought you weren't going to be asked this question. <laughs> so... A trust fund, you know, it, it kind of, you can create a revocable living trust, which is just, you know, it's kind of like creating a, a business for yourself and you put your assets into it and it doesn't really give you any asset protection or anything like that. If, if what you're, so a trust fund, if what you mean is, you know, after, once you create a revocable living trust, it's really just a piece of paper that says it's an agreement between you and yourself or you and your spouse and yourselves that says we want to create a trust we're going to create that trust and then all you step two is very important so you transfer whatever assets you have into that agreement and it's really just retitling so you know your checking accounts your bank accounts they'd be in the name of the trust typically you'd print uh transfer your principal residence into the trust which just means you create a deed and you name the trust as the owner of the house uh, or investment property um, and then with insurance policies, you change beneficiary designations. You know, of course, none of this is legal advice, right? Um, <laughs> you know, so you change the beneficiary designations to fund into the trust. But the trickiest assets are usually qualified assets, which are IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, that kind of thing. Yeah, because yeah. there are restrictions on who can own those. And you need to be very careful about how you handle those. But if your trust is set up the right way, then then those retirement funds can essentially funnel through the trust, um, you know, for the benefit of your kids. And then they're the ones that have the trust funds after you pass or you become incapacitated and they're the beneficiaries. So, um, okay. So that, so that was a very good question. Thanks LaShondra for asking that. Vicki says great advice. Uh, gift. So thank you. Uh, clearly you're being appreciated. Okay. You do say something on the website that I think, um, really struck a chord for me and i think it will strike it will stri strike a chord for a lot of people and i just want to read it because uh i've heard uh -oh. you say this before it's imagine that you travel into a, a piece of land and begin to build without any plans you have no architectural guidelines or construction blueprints it, it would seem unwise wouldn't it and yet in my profession, I encounter this type of thinking related to estate planning on a daily basis. And so that really does resonate with me. And so I get it when you say that. Yeah. And, you know, the, it's kind of a cheesy thing to say, but the only thing that's for sure stays the same is change, right? So just recently this year, there was a change to how retirement account funds will be distributed after the death of the owner. Yep. Right? So. It used to be you could stretch it out for the lifespan, generally stretch it out for the lifespan of the beneficiary. So if you have a young beneficiary, they have an extended period of time where they can take that money out. If, if it was an older beneficiary, then they would have a shortened period of time based on the lifespan. So, however, except for, there are certain exceptions, but after someone receives funds from a qualified account, which is like an IRA or 401k or 403b, the money needs to be withdrawn within 10 years. So it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be spent, but it needs to be taken out and reinvested. But the government wants to get their money back within 10 years instead of that extended lifespan 
um, that we had prior to this year. So uh, it's kind of a way for them to accelerate when they'll they'll get the tax benefit from those retirement accounts. Um, yeah. So you know those are the type of things that we keep an eye on, and when we're building your plan, those are the things that are in the back of our mind. And you know one thing that I do want to say is our job is to make it simple and that's probably one of the biggest roadblocks and i've talked about this before is you know people think that this process is so difficult they, they don't even want to touch it so but really when you're working with an estate planning attorney you're offering them information that you typically already know like who you are who you want to give your stuff to who you want to make decisions for you and you know who's going to watch the kids and what what are your assets and what what are those type of assets and that's that's really that's really it i mean you know you'll talk some about your long term plan but in most cases we're talking about if something happens tomorrow right, we're not right. talking about something that might happen 10 years down the road because your estate plan is a liquid document like the constitution it can be yep. changed um, so if you do have a change of mind, like you want to change who your trustees are, who watches the kids, or who's going to make healthcare decisions for you, it's it's a it's a quick fix uh, that you can you can do in order to change those those agents and and the folks who are going to be making decisions for you. Um, so that's that. So it's it's easier than you would think. It's easier than you would think. So for for somebody who doesn't have any estate planning in place or anything like that, right. Okay what's the appropriate age what's the appropriate time when should someone think about this as soon as you turn 18 because really? yeah yeah because it, you know the the issue becomes when you're 18 you're an adult yep and nobody thinks about themselves right they like because when you're 18 you don't have any money so everybody thinks it's you know i have to have a lot of money in order to have an estate plan it may just be a simple will or i mean in you know, maybe there isn't a will, but you do want to have a healthcare power of attorney and you do want to have a financial power of attorney because, you know, if you bonk your head and you can't make decisions for yourself, your parents more than likely, or, you know, your closest relative is going to have to go to court and be appointed your guardian in order to make those decisions for you. So by having these documents in place with a stroke of a pen, you can avoid all that headache for your family and yourself uh, by having you know, at least a minimalist plan in place. So um, for for a trust, you know, I lean heavily towards a revocable living trust for anyone with minor kids. And the reason, you know, if, if there isn't a whole lot of assets there still, if there's something that could benefit the kids, then, you know, you'll want to for sure nominate a guardian for the kids, which you can do with a will-based plan or a trust-based plan. Um, but oftentimes you want to put some structure around how that money can be used because if the kids are minors and you're not around to teach them either, then they might not be financially responsible when they end up getting this money or getting control of the money. Uh, so, you know, and people often, they might have more assets than they think. And there might be a $250,000 life insurance policy for the, the husband and the wife and mom and dad. So they're together. If there's 250, plus the life insurance from work. So, you know, then the value of the house and a little here, a little there. And all of a sudden there's a decent amount of assets there that if used correctly and invested correctly could, you know, end up a, a decent nest egg for their kids. 
Um, you know, so those are the type of things that we think about because believe it or not, you know, when folks are going about their lives, running their business or just working, they don't really, they don't think, okay, well, if something were to happen, how much would the kids have to deal with? And, um, you know, by actually meeting with an attorney and thinking about those things, uh, then you get a better idea about what might need to be in place. So, uh, right. I think you touched on something that I think a lot of people probably say to themselves that prevent themselves from doing this is I don't have enough assets. I don't have enough property or, you know what I'm saying? Like I, yeah. I can imagine that people probably self eliminate themselves by just saying that period. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's the, what it's, what everybody thinks about, right? Everybody wants to avoid probate, which is the court procedure that you use in order to transfer assets. There's, you know, a few limited places, times when you might want to use probate uh, if you want court supervision. But typically people want to avoid it because it's kind of long and, you know, often expensive. Um, so, but it's the incapacity planning that nobody thinks about. Right. I mean, fewer people think about it. They don't think, well, okay, I can't make these very simple decisions for myself anymore. Or it, it may just be a decision where physically you're unable to go to the bank. Or you're, you know, or, you know, you can't string a conversation together for, you know, complicated issues where you might need some temporary help. Uh, and if you need that and you haven't put the financial and healthcare power of attorney in place, then again, you got You need to have agents appointed after that. Right, right. right. So, I, and I think I probably personally have seen, I would say probably a handful of businesses that weren't, they didn't have a plan in place. So they didn't have a succession plan or they didn't have anything where when they, uh, something happened to them, that it fell in the lap of the spouse for um, the uh, children because the, the spouse also passed away. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and then I basically the business dissolved because they didn't know what to do with it. You know what I mean? Like, right. And so I think I've seen probably a few of that and probably for the fact of, again, nobody wants to imagine themselves dead, I guess. Yeah, right? yeah. And one of, the, one of the things that I talk to my clients about a lot is, you know, I don't, I don't think of it as, you know, I, I hate the fear-based yep. stuff, right? Like scaring people into, you know, if you don't do this, then your loved one's lives are going to be horrible. Yeah. So when I talk to clients, I talk to them about their, by putting this plan in place, they're building something for their loved ones. And it really is a gift to dot the I's, cross the T's, yep. and make sure that these things are taken care of. So when the time comes, not only is it a streamlined process, this where they're making less decisions than they would you know if this plan wasn't in place but also you know you you have an idea about what you've built for them and small business owners again you know we're we're, we're a special breed i think and um you know i it breaks my heart because i understand how hard people work and what they sacrifice time with kids time with other loved ones you know and, and they do you know, they work on the business because they have, they hope that their business is going to get to a point where they are going to be able to take that time with their loved ones later on. So when that value is lost because there isn't a plan in place in order to capture all the time, sweat and tears they put into this thing, right. you know, it's not just, 
you know, the business is going under. It's this person worked their tail off because they had a dream to make something better for the families. And now it's gone. Right. So, and they've traded their time for, to, to build this thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't just happen to, cause I, I like using the example of, this is not just something that happens to the rich, the poor, whoever, um, because there are educated people that don't have estates in place. There are people with a lot of money that don't have it. So you've seen them all, right? I'm yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Yep. Or yeah. You know, they, they were smart years and years ago because they got something in place and they haven't looked at it in 20, 25, 30 years. You know? And now like, Everybody who was going to make decisions for them, of course, they didn't, probably don't have minor kids anymore. But, right. Um, you know, that they're either not around or the situations change, relationships change. So it's really not relevant. And the law is more than likely to change. I, things that I've seen recently are, you know, more complicated trusts that were necessary earlier on, years ago, decades ago. But a lot of the reasons why these more complicated trusts have been put together are irrelevant now. Um, because rules have changed. So um, often there's additional administration costs for these trusts that may, may be unnecessary. Okay. Uh, so. Yeah. So that was going to be my next question, Gif, is, okay, so I had, um, I think, a living will or something when I was in the military. So I was 18. Yeah, right. And so that's probably, I'm sure I have it somewhere in a file, some, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's probably like, like, so first off, how does someone know I have this? And second, how do I know that that's worth anything today? Like I need to revamp it, you know, take the dust yeah. off and. Yeah, right. Well, living wills, you know, are different from a will. So a will is, you know, something for your assets. A living will is like, if you have a terminal condition or persistent vegetative state, you want, you know, you, you, you want the plug pulled or you don't. Yeah. Um, so the living will, if it's just dealing with those two things, more than likely it, it would, still work i mean you definitely want it reviewed yep. um, to make sure that that's the case um but what i do is i i actually have when everything's done i have a meeting with my clients and their decision makers and i give them the originals i give them hard copies and then i also give them digital copies of all their documents and then i have a conversation with the decision makers to say if if this happens, then these are the documents that are going to be important to use. And I talk to my clients and say, where are you going to keep these things? You know? right. Right. Uh, and they're in the binder that I give them. I kind of call it a, if it's a trust, like a trustee pack or a personal representative packet. The very first page says originals located here. And there's a spot where they can say it's in the file cabinet or a fireproof safe or the safety deposit box at so-and-so bank. Um, you know, that way, people know where those documents are because believe me, I've run into situations where, you know, people know that there's a trust, but they have absolutely no idea what it says. Yes. So, um, so yeah. I can imagine because like, um, when I did this back when I was 18, you know, I'm just surprised I would have even saved my documents, you know, first off. Um, Good for that one. But then I also would be surprised that anybody would find it. Like if I were to go poof, you know, like something happened to me and I needed that living will. Like it's important that there is some kind of chain of command, right? Or some instructions or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah and, and, you know, like estate planning, 
attitudes have changed, right? Years ago, you know, I think, uh, or at least in the movies, they always seem to have a will reading where everybody's sitting there twiddling their thumbs, wondering how much they're going to get and what, what the plan is and this kind of thing. Um, honestly, in order to avoid conflicts and to make things easier, talking to your decision makers and saying, this is my plan and this is where I'm keeping my stuff and this is who I want to receive what while you're alive <laughs> is, is the best way to avoid conflicts after you're not able to make decisions anymore. Okay. So, um, yeah, and it, so I, I think a lot of estate planning attorneys are having that type of conversation with their clients and saying, hey, you know, let folks know what your plan is now, don't wait. Yeah. Um, All right. So I have another question. Okay. Cause, uh, I've seen this either personally or with family and friends. Okay. And I'm sure you've seen it, um, where, okay. So th this is like a twofold. Let me ask the first question. Do you do anything where the family agrees what to do with elderly parents? I mean, how does this play in? How does the elderly parent, the children, and let's say that they have they have some kind of illness like dementia or you know what I'm saying like yeah. how does this play in because I see this a lot where uh, children are caring for an elderly parent and then I know there's probably money involved there do you know what I'm saying like yeah. do you deal with that like what is that yeah elder law okay. elder law is what it is and really it's often you know what what you're talking about is Medicaid planning. Okay. Uh, because if someone has so much money that they can uh, self pay for assisted living and nursing home costs, then yep. so be it. Uh, often it's kind of the sweet spot where they have enough money, but not enough, you know, a little bit of money, but not a, enough to cover care for a long period of time where they kind of get in trouble and they say, well, you know, and I work so hard and I want to try and save some of this money for my beneficiaries, then, you know, you, you get into Medicaid planning that way. Um, and usually, you know, one of the best ways to, for kids to avoid having to do that is to talk to your insurance agent about long-term care policies and whether it makes sense for you. So, you know, I think the average in Wisconsin, and this is average, okay. uh, usually it's more, especially for memory care, because not only are you, taking care of somebody physically, but you're taking care of, you know, the memory issues as well. Those, that's the most expensive. So, you know, anywhere from 8,000 to 11,000 a month wow. uh, for care. Wow. And so, you know, you've got these, um, there's really two ways that you can do it. You can pre-plan. Yep. Now, I'm not gonna get into this as legal advice, but you can pre-plan. You've got, which there's a long, period of time before you can actually qualify with this pre-planning and it's five years. So if you do something today, you essentially have to wait five years in order for it to be effective. And then there's another thing that we call crisis planning and it's all of a sudden mom or dad needs to go into a nursing home. You know, there's no planning involved at all. What do we do? You know, do we want them to be qualified for Medicaid? Don't we? And if we do, what can we do? What, what are the options out there? Um, so it's really when people are in that situation, there's two routes. They know it's coming, so they're going to pre-plan and use that five-year look-back period, or it's out of nowhere, or they knew it was coming and they didn't think that they wanted to do the pre-planning, so we're doing the crisis planning now. Gotcha. Um, so, and that, 
so there, there's a lot going on with those those type of cases because sometimes um you know you'll you'll you know you, there are programs that allow care at home um and sometimes that'll qualify for a medicaid uh but it's 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 complicated and i'm not going to talk too much about it no, no, no. yeah elder law is the area that 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 area of practice it's a medicaid plan Okay. Okay. And so, cause I, you know, I, I think that is a, a real touchy situation with family members because anybody that I know that's dealing with that is always intense. It's always stressful. Um, but the other thing to that is that the parents never planned for their estate or their will. And then you have all these family members fighting and, you know, just, it's, it's horrible because people are different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and again, you know, it's one of those things where if they hear it from your mouth first, it's, it's definitely better than yes. people trying to guess at what the intention was before. And um, yeah. So talking about those kind of things, like, you know, cause a lot of times there might be someone who has received a little more care while the parent was alive or a little more, assistance while the parent was alive and you know everyone has a different attitude towards money yep and um you know but I, I would say the majority of cases folks get along there is you know some there can be some hairy moments just because it is a stressful time but um you know but you do you do hear you do hear stories where things kind of get out of control yeah. and um yeah but I mean, just to say though, that your focus is get it, nip it in the butt before these things evolve, before these things erupt, before these things happen, because yeah. nobody wants to deal with that when a loved one is passing or something's happened to them, right? Yeah. And, you know, the, the other thing that I, the other, the other reason with, that I like working with people earlier rather than later is, you know, you're you're gonna have a decent idea about how the trust works, right? But mm -hmm. you know, I went to law school, I've been practicing estate planning for a while, and of course I still have questions about how some of these things work sometimes. Um, and I, I have got to ask questions as well. So when someone sets their trust up for the first time, they're they're gonna have a good understanding, but as time goes on, they they might want to tweak how things are going to be distributed because they understand the process a little bit better you know when they go over this a couple of times it's like meeting with your financial planner once a year the more that you talk about it the more you'll understand how all these different provisions work and why they're there right uh, so that's why i like getting started early because you'll be able to get closer to what you actually want and just the fact of going through it you'll think about it and understand what you want a little bit better than you did at the beginning yeah no that makes total sense it makes absolute total sense. okay so gif i'm not gonna yeah, yeah. pressure you to, to talk anymore and <laughs> i know you want to give as much information as you can and you're like no i don't want to say anymore <laughs> um and i know every situation is different so just as a you know as a disclaimer every situation is different and at the end of the day your job is just to make it easy on the person who needs the help and the assistance and you're going to guide them to the best of your ability to, uh, to achieve the results that they want you know and so yeah, no, i agree i mean it it um you know it, it really is a personal process because some yeah. folks 
worry about one thing that other people they don't care about. Right. So we don't need to plan for that issue because we really don't care whether it happens or not. So, <laughs> you know, of course, unless it's, you know, I, I well, so it really is a personal thing. And, you know, I, I try to take as much time with my clients as I can to understand who they are and then, you know, understand what think for them and try and figure out what issues they they might be concerned about just based on the things that they're talking to me about. So, right. No. So you do do a free consult. So if people have questions, yeah. right, you do do a free consult. I do know yeah. that. I'm going to pop up your website so everybody can see it. Uh, and then what else are you offering anybody who's tuning in? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do, um, for folks that are tuning in now that are new clients, I'll, I'll do 10% off for, for cat listeners. Yay. That's awesome. So reach out to GIF because he is offering, like if you consult with him, he does do the free consult. So you get at least to talk to him. Um, but if you like what you hear, you know, he's offering 10% off his fees, um, which is incredible. And I think that's awesome. Um, but this is um, GIF's website. Uh, just check it out. You can set up the free consult there, then and there. Don't need to go anywhere else. Um, and then the URL is giftcollinslaw.com. Uh, and again, I will put it uh, the URL. Oh, well, um, please, if anybody has any questions, um, feel free to reach out to GIF. Uh, he is a huge resource. And you're doing Zoom calls, right? During this time, you're doing so people can be safe. You're doing Zoom calls. Yeah, up until we actually sign the documents. Yep. All my meetings have been Zoom zoom meetings at this point and i found that to be effective with initial consultations and it, you know it really is kind of easy um and less of a hassle for folks to get some good information so okay uh, you, have, you have a question someone asked uh, where are you licensed thanks alexandria yeah wisconsin and illinois okay so awesome so wisconsin illinois um he can help you out and then um even if their parents are here, right? Because a lot of times um, the children are looking for attorneys for their parents if their parents don't have an estate, right? That gets a little tricky. Oh, it does? Okay. <laughs> well, it, it's good. It's good that, you know, the kids are thinking about that and thinking, you know, we don't want to be left with a huge mess at the end. Yep. But in the end, you know, they, they could, um, you know, I would meet with the clients who are the mom and dad oh. on their own. Okay. We keep the kids out of it for the most part, right? They, they'll stay in the, the waiting room. Right? I love it. <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah, no, it is it is good to to encourage people to get this done, whatever they decide in the end, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it often if if uh, you know you do get those calls where mom and dad don't have anything in place, and you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we we'd be working with mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> no kids, just a mom and dad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Gif. I appreciate it. And I hope everybody else who is watching today appreciates it. If they have my yeah, pleasure. This great. This is great. I, I hope you have a great out. day. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Stand Out and Grow. Check out all the notes and links at www.standoutandgrow.com. 
I am so thankful to you for helping this show continue to grow. I want to keep producing content that you want to hear. So please leave me some feedback. I look forward to bringing you more resources and information to help your business stand out and grow. Please follow us on social media and make sure you follow this podcast so you can learn more about helping your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Until next time, you got this. helps businesses stand out and grow with affordable advertising options. We will help you make good business decisions so you can save money and not just throw it against the wall to see if it sticks. Get your free strategic advertising analysis today so you can see the opportunities to stand out and grow your business. Visit www.standoutandgrow.com offers page to learn more.